Hello, fans. I'm Brian. And I'm Caitlin. And this is... Domestic Debates. Ding, ding, ding. list after this conversation hello fans and welcome to another episode of domestic debates domestic debates the down-to-earth podcast where no stop oh that's my, what it's my line i want to say it say it no i don't want to say it anymore. no go ahead i don't want to i'm sure that people want to go hear ahead. from you go ahead domestic debates is the down-to-earth podcast where disagreements are encouraged opinions are respected and beliefs are challenged in our quest to understand the other side how was that? That was great. Yeah? That was great. I wouldn't have said it any better at all. I don't think you would have. Probably not. No. We'll never know. <laughs> all right. Um, hope everybody had a really awesome Thanksgiving and are now ready to get into Christmas. I'm so excited for the Christmas spirit and the Christmas music and stuff. Presents, ugly sweaters, snow. Yeah, bah humbug. <laughs> um. Before we get started, I just want to remind everybody that if you like this podcast, please share it with a friend, tell everybody you know about it, help us get the word out there. Um, And I want to give a quick shout out to Carla and Taylor. Thanks for listening. Yeah, definitely share our podcast with a friend, but don't do it in like a creepy way. Like if somebody randomly came up to me and was like, you need to listen to this podcast, I'd be like, maybe I don't. So just like, I don't know, mention it. And if they're like, oh, how do I find it? Then tell them. But like, don't be like a cultist. You know what I mean? We're not we're not trying to do that. You can you can do it no, however you I'm want to. I'm not David to. Koresh. We're not like No, I'm sorry. If somebody wants to make a cult devoted to us, I say go for it. That's flattering. Well, it's great responsibility. So <laughs> moving on. All right. So tell them what we're talking about today, babe. Today we're talking about um I don't know the exact title of what we're talking about, but we're talking about social media pros, cons, and also dangers. So we're gonna dive right into that. Yeah. Today Helping us discuss this is Jason. Hello, Jason. Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Awesome. Good. Uh, so I want to first, I want to tell you guys, thank you for uh, for having me. I know we kind of talked back and forth a little bit about this. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I have a podcast. I'm relatively new to the world, but I started doing a podcast with some buddies talking about conspiracy theories, even though I'm not your traditional conspiracy theorist. I think a lot of them are kind of BS, but a lot of them have some truth. So I'm uh, I'm accused quite often of playing devil's advocate. Um, I try to look at both sides of something and see what, you know, what may be realistic and what is just complete and utter BS. Um, and social media has been a big topic because there's a lot of chatter in the world about it today, um, which I'm sure you guys have seen the uh, documentary, right? The Social Dilemma. Correct. I watched it. It was quite interesting. Yeah. Um, did you tell everybody the name of your podcast? Oh, I'm sorry. I, th- I thought I said it. Maybe I didn't. Uh, my podcast is called Into Wonderland. Awesome. And where can, can where can everybody find your podcast? Um, I, I actually, I go through Anchor, but um, it pops up on Spotify and, um, and some other platforms too. Um, I know if you Google it, it'll pop up on a few, a few different platforms because I go through Anchor. So. You probably pop up on Google because you're on a watch list. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. For for many reasons, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. Yeah, man. 
So social media. Social media. That's what we're talking about today. Like that Brian means said. Facebook, MySpace, FaceSpace, Twitter, all that jazz. Instagram. Right? Instagram. Mm-hmm. Pinterest. Yeah, there's things I don't even know what they are. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We've wanted to talk about social media and the evils of social media since we started the podcast. Um, I have very strong feelings on it. I'm sure Brian does too. I'm sure Jason does too. But recently we watched uh, The Social Dilemma. The documentary was actually recommended to us by Jason and Miss Varelli. We appreciate the recommendation. I held off for a while watching it because I was kind of scared uh, about what I would learn. I mean, I knew the gist of what the documentary is about. Like I knew a lot of the stuff that they said, but I didn't know how deep it went, how much there was to it, how intricate. So it was very eye-opening. I recommend everybody go watch that documentary. If you want to learn more, it is very important information. I think everybody should watch it. It was super enlightening. Yeah. So um, that's kind of what prompted this episode. So going into that, um, I want to ask you guys, just in general, how do you feel about social media? And I'll start with you, Jason. Well, I've always been an advocate. However, after watching this documentary, I am now paranoid or suspicious, whichever word you want to choose. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> that's me with most things. What about you, babe? I think it should be completely dismantled. So no social media at all? Um. Yes, and I'll get – no, I don't know. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> okay. Let me rephrase that. I think with great power comes great responsibility. True. Mm. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, you know what? It's, oh, my God. I wrote the questions, and I didn't for once think of what I would answer, and now I don't Yeah, know so what what's say. your answer, Missy? I don't know. I should have had this prepared. Out. There was no reason I shouldn't have. Um, I guess in one sentence, I feel like social media is very toxic. I felt that way for a long time. I felt that way um, in high school and college and everything. I feel that way today. Um, Yeah, I mean, toxic. Everything after MySpace. I think MySpace was the golden age of social media and then just went downhill from there. Yeah, MySpace was trash anyways. No, MySpace was awesome. Facebook is is trash. You know what, though, Brian? I hear that a lot. I have a lot of people, especially since I've fallen into this social media rabbit hole, which... Um, I try to move on topics, but I've been stuck in this rabbit hole for about two months now. And and I have heard a lot of people make that comment. Man, I miss MySpace. Because mm-hmm. what was the biggest thing you worried about? The biggest thing was worried about, did your page have enough bling? You didn't you didn't care about anything else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It was simple. It was just simple. No, That's the biggest thing you worried about was being in somebody's top five friends. And if That's you were, what I'm saying. If you were in your right. crush's top, right. top five friends. Yeah, then you... you- up one day at school and next thing you know you're not in their friends anymore you're like what what did i do yeah and you have to wonder true, i mean they're true, with, like true. you know with and then anything... you have to learn how to html code i don't know how to html that's the code best. i just want breaking benjamin <laughs> to be on my page when you open it up that's all i want i don't know how to do it yeah, not as bad as facebook by far <laughs> yeah yeah and a lot more customizable yep so anyway let's talk about on a personal level what do you even get out of social media like what's the point is it even worth it to you to, you know what I mean? Like, could you walk away from it? So <clears throat> forgive me. I'm professional. Um, so with suck it down, Jason, <laughs> suck down your cough. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's coronavirus. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyway, so I, I, you know, that's a broad topic. Um, because on a personal level, um, obviously I live in Florida now and I'm not from Florida. I'm from the Midwest and most of my family lives elsewhere. 
Um, so the beauty of it, you know, like most people enjoy is, uh, the ability to keep in touch with the ones I truly care about. Um, and you know, I'm able to see, you know, photos of my cousins who I haven't seen in 10 years, you know, and they're able to share the pictures of their kids with me. And I share pictures of it truly has helped society stay connected in a way. Um, and so I think that that is probably the greatest thing that social media has done. Um, you know, not to mention, you know, even for businesses, um, businesses, musicians, stuff like that, you know, you look at like MySpace, MySpace was the breakthrough since we just talked about that for musicians, you know, back in the day, Mm -hmm. if you didn't have the ability to, you know, if you weren't so great that you just were instantly famous, you, you weren't making any money. And now these people have this outlets on social media and internet and whatnot to, to give their product to, they can put it directly to the people who they know will like it and buy it. And they're able to still make a living, you know? So I look at stuff like that. And, and I, and I think that those are the good aspects that we need to continue. um, Because that's what brought everybody's attention in to begin with. You know what I mean? I agree. Yeah, I agree too. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, when I was on MySpace, I, I got a different thing out of, you know, social media than I do now. MySpace was really cool for me because I, I had a fan site right. and it introduced my passion to like writing and like fan fiction and stuff. And I was able to, you know, express myself and my individuality or whatever with like a, you know, a MySpace page and put whatever you wanted on it and make it your own stuff. And I, that was kind of where I was at then. But then Facebook came up and the only reason I hated Facebook when it came out, I hate Facebook now. I only got it because all my friends left MySpace and everybody was using Facebook and then no one's on MySpace anymore. So like, you know what I mean? Like I was probably one of the last people to use MySpace. I swear I held out for so long. (laughs) And um, so it never captured me the same way. I liked Tumblr for a while too. That's what I started to use. But generally, I don't know. I feel like the only thing I really get out of it now besides using it to promote the podcast. And honestly, if we weren't doing this podcast, I would would delete all my social media. Before we started the podcast, I had everything deactivated. I wasn't using it. Um, But I think the only thing I get out of it now besides the podcast is just entertainment. You know what I mean? Like you're bored. You want to, you know what I mean? Like you're waiting for the bus to come or you're waiting in line somewhere and you just get out your phone and you scroll through and you just have something to like, you know, take your attention for a little bit. Yep. What do you, what about you, babe? What? What do you use it for? What, what do you get out of it? Oh, so social media as a whole, I feel like is a very useful tool. For you personally though. Well, I'm, okay. Okay. I just oh, wanted to make sure nope. you understood the question. Would you like to answer the question for me? I just wanted to make sure you understood the question. <laughs> so I, I feel like social media is a very useful tool that 95% of people do not use for any useful purpose. And I am one of those 95% of those people. Mm-hmm. So it is something that I don't use. I, I mean, I use it for work. Other than those two things, I literally just like watch gun videos and creep on people and, you know, look at girls in bikinis holding guns. Like that's all I do. I don't use it for anything useful outside of that. Uh, I did not get one till I was a senior in high school because I wanted to look it up some girl or something. Mm-hmm. And I like made one in 2010 or 11 or whatever it was. And I never really used it. I looked at pictures on it and then slowly, but surely over the course of the last 10 years, I have used it more and more and more. And it wasn't really until recently that I started using it more and more and more. And I catch myself using it when I don't really want to use it. I'm like, I have better stuff to do. So 
to answer your question, I really don't use it for anything useful mm-hmm. other than work stuff. And that's, that's something I think is interesting because you're right. It's such a useful tool, especially Facebook. Um, there is so much that you could use it for. And I feel like people don't really utilize it. Like I had Facebook since like 10th grade. I don't know how many years that's been, but uh, I never use groups at all. I just started using groups like this year and they're so useful. That's like one of those things, you know what I mean? Business pages. And- yeah, they're like, uh, so groups on Facebook are what forums used to be on internet, yeah. on websites. Yes. Yeah. They're just more, they're forums that are easier to access because there's one hub. Mm-hmm. And then um, there's, because it's easier to access, there are more people following it. So you get information quicker about a particular topic yeah. from people who know which is useful. Yeah. Most people don't use it for that. Most people watch cat videos. You yeah. know what I mean? That's yeah. what they do on Facebook or, you know, they creep on their ex-girlfriend that they wonder what they're up to. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. most people are using it to fill their time where they should be doing other. Yeah. And that, I think that's what it is for most people. I think it's just like a way to fill it's an escape. time. Not, I wouldn't even say it's escape. It's just like a, t- it's a time suck. You know what I mean? It's an it's escape. Just... People are bored with their mundane lives and they want to see what, you know, Rachel's up to. Mm-hmm. And then they fantasize about Rachel. Rachel got a new cat. I want a new cat. And then not to mention a lot of those people, they're so bored that they get onto these things and they do nothing but go around looking for things to just nitpick or start problems, you know, like the original, the original trolls, you know, tried to be funny, but now you got guys that are just legitimate trolls, just literally scrolling around saying the most negative, ignorant stuff that they can just because they're bored and they're miserable with themselves. Absolutely. And that's a, per, that's a people problem. You know what I mean? That's yep. not a social media problem. No, that's just, exactly. Yep. My, I, my running theory is people are trash and people have always been trash and the internet has just made them more efficient at being terrible people. Yep. I agree. I don't know. There's so much, there's so much to talk about. It's gonna, I just don't, I'm trying to keep it like linear, you know what I mean? But okay. just thinking about like, that you know people being i people being way too comfortable to say negative things to strangers you know what i mean so i i think that is a social media problem i mean it is a people problem but i also feel like that is what especially when you can be anonymous like that's what gives people those balls and the thing is it's not just i it's i think even though it's like a stranger some people think like oh you know this person doesn't know me i don't know them it doesn't matter who cares but some people really do care some people really get offended and upset by the nasty negative things that a stranger says to them they say you know they call you a stupid or something and then click off and never think about you again meanwhile you're thinking about that for the next like few days you know what i mean like i just i think people are dehumanizing other people because of the internet takes away that face-to-face, that personal connection. Right. Absolutely. I agree. I was literally just talking to the biggest conspiracy theorist that I know who will remain nameless. Somebody I interact with a lot about this social media. And I mapped this out for him about why it is the way that it is. Mm -hmm. And he was like, that's 100% correct. So social media came out in 2006 and it's now 2020. So people who were getting on social media in 2006 are now in their mid twenties, early Mm thirties. But because of, um, or I guess you could be older, but the problem we're seeing is in that generation pool or that age pool where social media came out, they kind of isolated themselves because they didn't need to go to friends' houses to interact with them. You interact with them over the internet and you go through these long periods of time uh, over years and years. 
we have less and less contact with people. And the downside of that is the less contact you have with people, especially when you're younger, the less you get punched in the face. Exactly. So all of these trolls out there that these are big, tough guys on the internet. You wouldn't say that to me. You wouldn't say that in front of me. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't let you get away with it. You know why? Because I have been punched in the face. I've had the kicked out of me for having a big mouth and not knowing when to shut up because that's who I am. And it gives me perspective, which is the most valuable thing in the world. So the flip side of that coin is the same guy who would, you know, bust your balls on the internet and not think twice about it. He's going to, he's going to hit enter and then go on with his life and never give you another thought. There's that other person who's been a loner since 2006 on the internet who has a little red book of people to kill. And he's like, Hmm, this guy called me. He said, I'm fat. And he's like, person number 36, Brendan Herrera, I will get you one day. (laughs) And then those people snap because the pressures of life that they don't understand how to cope with, because rather than actually interact with people, they only ever interacted with a computer screen. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference. I understand there's people on the other side of that computer, but it's not the same as having a face-to-face interpersonal uh, relationship with somebody. Especially since you can't. I think a huge part of that is not being able to hear tone or see facial expressions. So people read words differently. You know what I mean? So if you're in person, you can say something that somebody might not get offended by, but they read it and they're going to put their own meaning and like perception on those words and react in accord. And that's how you get, I think too, you get a lot of people fighting on social media, like especially strangers or even like people that know each other because they're misinterpreting what each other means because all they have to go on are just words. And that it just goes along with like dehumanizing people because you're, when you're interacting with somebody online, you're not really looking at them or thinking of them as a person. You know what I mean? You have an image in your head that you've created of them based on a few words they've said, and now you're treating them the way you assume they are. So I think people need to, I think that, I don't know. I think that's a huge part of social media, that huge problem that is, and it, it's so massive, you know what I mean? There's so many people, millions and millions of people who are having the same problem. It's just, right. it sucks. I mean, adolescence is one of the foundational periods mm-hmm. for us as adults, right? The adolescence time frame is when we gain all the tools and knowledge and understanding to be adults. And yeah. that's why we have that. And, and And I think that's a big, big problem with social media is you know, everybody talks about how it's taking the personal, personal experiences that we get from having personal interactions with people. It's a huge problem. It's like hearing my words come out of your mouth. (laughs) I agree 100%. Something else that I think is a consequence of that, we have trouble communicating online. You know what I mean? Like, that's why you have all these people on social media fighting with each other. No one's taking the time to listen to each other. And it's because they've forgotten how to communicate. You know what I mean? And that, that comes out into real life too, in the workplace. Like you're, you're not developing those interpersonal skills when you're not having conversations face to face. So now you're in the workforce, you don't know how to communicate with your coworkers. You don't know how to communicate with your boss or your boss doesn't know how to communicate with you. And it just, it's it's got real world effects that people I feel like don't even realize, you know. Absolutely. I've always I've always said this about social media and everybody just thought I was like an old curmudgeon. It's not even just social media, it's technology in general. People think it only it only lets us go forward, right? In um 
the human race as, as a whole. Technology, you know, advances. Bison, yeah, it always advances us. It doesn't. It actually works in both directions. Some people get smarter and it, unfortunately, due to technology, some people get dumber. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it, it's this ever expanding from both ends. Somebody said this to me and, and I got into talking with a friend about, about how it is creating this. It's dumbing us down. And he, and he looked at me and he said, you know what, you, you know, what's really sad. And I was like, what's that? And he said, have you ever seen the movie idiocracy? And I was like, yeah. And he goes, we're like almost there now. And I was like, yeah, we are. It's really sad. Have you guys ever seen that movie? I have seen that movie. And I, I haven't, I've always thought we were headed in that direction too. And, 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 and when you look at, if you watch that movie now, you know, they introduced this technology and they're like, you know, well, we're going to do this and then we're going to do this. And, and, and they predicted the future, but did nothing to try to fix the things that they knew were going to be the negative effects. So now the whole movie, these idiots, they're all stupid. They, they, they can't communicate. They don't know how to write. They don't know what, they don't know definitions of words. You know, if somebody uses a big word, they're like, huh, you're an idiot. You know, and they use just slang words and all this other stuff. And, and that's where we are, man. And everybody's walking around eating stuff, you know, drinking Starbucks and eating fast food and addicted to porn. And you're like, Jesus, Lord, we're there now. Mm-hmm. And they've been predicting this stuff since the early 90s. And then you go even deeper and, you know, you, you look at some of the more scary movies, you know, and, and if we go further into the social media rabbit hole, you can start talking about AI and the algorithms that they use to run these programs where these computers are thinking for themselves. We could be 10, we could be 10 years from Terminators, man. We don't know. It's the way it's going. And especially if we're not willing to stop and learn and educate ourselves, what are we doing? What are we doing to stop? What are we doing to stop? What are we doing to stop it? Nothing. Honestly, I feel like it might be the downfall of society, the downfall of America. I think it's just inevitable. Um, I think, yeah. you know, history repeats itself and it happens all the time. Civilizations, great civilizations come up, they have all these technological advances and then, you know, it, it collapses, it crashes. And I mean, it's just a matter of time. I'm not really, I don't know if there's too much we can do to stop it just because of human nature. I think the easiest yeah. way to try to stop that and reverse that is to educate people, you know, to give people the information, but people are just some people are just so unwilling to change, so unwilling to listen, too prideful. So I think just human nature is going to keep keep us from being able to really stop it. You know, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Which is pretty, I agree, pretty grim. But um, I do want to talk about the social dilemma, the documentary on Netflix. I again, I recommend everybody go and watch it. It might even be helpful if you pause this, go watch it, and then come back and listen to the rest. But if anybody doesn't know, The Social Dilemma is a documentary on Netflix, and basically it just talks about how social media does manipulate people and um, the ways in which it does that, the ins and outs of how, like, the technology behind it and the, the programming behind it. It's, it's very valuable information. And when you talk about how do we change the the way we're headed, the direction we're headed, it is to have information such as the information they present in this documentary. The first thing to really catch my attention in that mm-hmm. was when one of the gentlemen said that there's so much money in social media mm-hmm. and you don't pay for it, which means you are what's being sold. Yeah. And mm-hmm. putting that in those terms, which uh, it's obvious when you look at it in retrospect, but putting in those terms made me go, that's screwed up because it's absolutely true. And how can nobody else see that? Like, how could I not see that? 
Yeah. The quote was, um, if you're not paying for the product, then you are the product. Yeah. And then they broke yep. it down and said, it's the gradual, slight, imperceptible change in your own behavior and perception that is the product. Mm-hmm. Right. So advertisers are paying for a result and they're mm-hmm. leaving up to the social media companies to get them that result any way they see fit. Mm-hmm. Um, which the the hows and the what's it, you know, who cares? But they they run everything through computers and they shift every single thing. Everything you do shifts to the next thing that they show you. So it's this constant, um, gradual, it's an intelligence almost. These computers have the intelligence to say, hey, this person liked this, didn't like that. We're going to show you more of this and then more of that yeah. and then more of that. It's algorithms. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. I think a lot of people knew that. I mean, I definitely knew that. But I think they aren't aware how deep it actually goes, how yeah. it's so it's tailored for every specific person. It's tailored differently. And not only that, but it's not just that they're showing you things, more things of what you like, you know, because personally, I thought when they were doing that, that they were showing me more ads based on the things that I looked at, which I'm fine with. Um, because I would rather, I like advertisements tailored towards me versus commercials for like a chainsaw or something that I'm never going to buy. Um, but what do you think you were special? I, I like having ads tailored towards me. I didn't know that that also applied to the posts I'm seeing, um, the things that I'm seeing on my timeline. So Facebook is picking and choosing what they show to me. And I don't like that. I don't want them to choose what they show to me. I want to see everything that everybody posts and, you know, like pick and choose what I want to look at myself. I don't like being limited. And I've noticed ever since I watched the documentary a couple of days ago, like I didn't notice it before, but my timeline is just the same people. I'm sorry. That's my fault. I made you watch this. <laughs> oh, no, it's good. It's good because it, I, it's important. And I'd yeah. like to know a way to fix it. My face, my timeline on Instagram and Facebook, like, I have tons of friends on Facebook. I ton- I follow tons of people on Instagram and it's only the same like five or six people that they're showing me posts for. They'll even show me posts that they posted days ago. Meanwhile, people are posting things like right now and they're not showing them to me. Like, why is that? I don't like that they're picking and choosing what they show me. And I don't think a lot of people realize that they're doing that. Yeah, there's a very simple reason why they do that. Because you are the product. They're maximizing the amount of time you're going to spend on Facebook or on your phone. Mm-hmm. So if they show you things that you disagree with or don't like, you're more apt to go do something else because you're not getting the the self-reassurance that there's other people like you and mm-hmm. they like what I like. And oh my God, small world and all these little positive reinforcing things to keep you scrolling for the next thing and seeing what else is. Oh, and it happens to me. I like guns. I say, oh, hey, cool. I read about guns. I'm like, oh, cool. The next thing is also about guns. I'm like, I'm going to read that too. Mm-hmm. And they just show you more and more stuff to keep your eyes glued on that screen so that they can show you more ads and make more money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it actually goes the reverse way too. It's not just what you like that they show you more of. They they show you things you don't like too. If that's the thing that you're spending a lot of time on. Yeah. If you're commenting on posts you don't like, like, you know, you're if you're a pro Biden guy and you're commenting on every Trump post, like they're going to show you more Trump posts even if you don't actually like Trump and you want to see more people agreeing with you, you know what I mean? So it just, it's not just, just your likes and dislikes. It's also the thing that you're most engaged with. So the more time you spend, um, they, they track. So social media is tracking not only what you're looking at, what you're liking, what you're commenting on. They're looking at how long you spend looking at each thing. It's not good or bad. They show you things that elicit more of the response that they want. Which is staying on 
right. more. Yeah. Again, watch the documentary if you haven't, because there's a lot more information on it. Every design feature they have, it's designed to keep you looking at it more. It's designed to keep you interested. Even so, like one of the things that I thought was super fascinating was the ellipses. You know, when you're texting someone or you're messaging someone, uh, we'll say Facebook. We're going to use Facebook you a lot. Mean the three little dots. Mm-hmm. Just call them the three little dots. They're called ellipses. Nobody else knows that. A lot of people know that. I didn't social know media that. has just made you really dumb, babe. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. So like red receipts, you know, like if you're looking at Facebook Messenger, you send a message and you're about to click off and go do something, look at something else or whatever, they put a red receipt on there. So now you are interested again. And then they show ellipses to let you know someone's typing. So you're engaged with the screen longer. Even when you're like commenting on someone's Facebook post, they'll show you if someone else is commenting while you're making a comment. Like it's, it's everything on there is designed to keep you looking at it longer. Most people don't realize how deep it goes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they're keeping your attention there because like what they talk about. So if you watch this documentary, you'll see Jaron Lanier and uh, Shoshana Zuboff. Those two are the biggest two that you should look into videos of. Um, uh, Shoshana was that older lady with the glasses. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Jaron Lanier was the kind of heavier set white guy with the dreadlocks, had r- real soft spoken. That but dude no, looked insane. Okay, but those two, those two people are, wow. Um, most people don't know this, but like, so not to go too far off what I was going to say, but Jaron Lanier is actually known as one of the fathers of virtual reality. He's been involved. He was involved with when the internet started becoming a thing. He's been involved with tech for a long time. And he's been warning people about this stuff. And even and he makes comments about even when Steve Jobs made you know his iPhone products. Steve Jobs, one of the biggest things he said was, I don't let my kids use these products. Because he knew how dangerous and addictive they could be. Not to mention, as we get further down the line, now we see all of these things where, like you're talking about, where they want to keep our attention. They mm-hmm. don't want us because that's how that's how that's how they're able to sell us. Like Brian said, if you're not paying for the product, you are the product. So, like what they talk about is we are the product, right? And Jaron is a Jaron Lanier is a big, big advocate on this thing. And he says this because you don't even realize what you're doing. You're like an addict, right? Yeah. You're using this, and the biggest problem is if you use social media constantly, you're like an addict. Right. Yeah. How bad of an addict depends on what kind of person you are. But yeah. you have if if you have trouble staying off, then you're you know you're an addict. And and his his biggest blowback is when people talk about you know well what should we do to solve it? Well, the biggest problem is like addicts, most of the people on that use social media and they're addicted to it, like an addict. They don't want to admit that, like, oh, it's not a problem. I'm not addicted. It's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what an that's what an addict would say, isn't it? Yeah. You, you, an addict wouldn't acknowledge the problem. So the first thing you have to do is acknowledge that there's a problem, right? Yeah. So they have. They, so so he pushes that where we have to talk about that, and that's how he gets your attention into fixing these problems. But like what you said on how deep it goes. Because they want you to be addicted. They don't want you to look away from your screen. Because the longer you're away from your screen, the less advertisers are getting their bang for their buck. Mm-hmm. So they have these algorithms. And I've been in this rabbit hole and I've been watching all these TED Talks and all this other stuff. And it's amazing. The more you look, the more you're like, oh, my God, I got, this is insane. 
because it's it's not crazy. Most of the people who are doing these talks are the people who created this stuff. And they're going, mm-hmm. listen, you know, it does all this good, but it, there's all this bad and we got to fix it. Um, and Shoshana even goes into, you know, she talks about how these algorithms, people have no idea how in depth they go. She has a topic she's big on now. It's something like surveillance capitalism or something like that. But yeah, she, but, she, but she talks about all these algorithms and like what you said, you know, like most people don't realize how deep they go. And she gives a comparison about this girl that she met and she interviewed. And this girl was, you know, she was Googling stuff or Facebook and stuff, whatever, searching, you, you know, using her search engines to, to, to search stuff and whatever. Well, these algorithms are getting so insane, so close to AI that this girl, she started um, all of a sudden, she, she was big into like scented shampoos, right? And all of a sudden, she started searching non-scented shampoos, this and that. And then there was a couple of other things. And, and I watched this, I watched this interview with her and she explains the whole thing. But this girl, she was typically searching all of these things and then she flopped. And the things that she flopped on, all of a sudden, she started getting advertisements for pregnancy tests. And then she went and took a pregnancy test and found out she was pregnant. So these algorithms, they're claiming that these algorithms are so advanced that by her, by her search engine, they were able to say, hey, we think this, and this isn't people doing this. This is just the computer automatically doing it itself. It's an AI mm-hmm. system. Basically was looking at her going, hey, we think you might be pregnant. And she was. That's insane. Yeah. And, you know, that's not that's not too crazy of an idea. I mean, on the surface, a lot of this stuff on the surface sounds kind of insane. You know what I mean? Um, but if you really think about it, it's not that weird because that's nah, creepy. It's creepy. I'm not saying it's normal or it's OK. It's definitely creepy, but it makes sense because AI and algorithms and stuff like that's what they do. They predict behavior. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then they they react accordingly. So if if it's if that's what a lot of people are doing who are pregnant, they have that information in there. It's constantly, that's what AI does. It constantly advances and it constantly learns and it is able to predict certain things just like with predictive texts and stuff that happens because it's giving information from what you type all the time. So it makes sense that, you know, an AI could predict somebody might be pregnant based on their, um, their usage, you know? Right. And I agree. Cause that's what it's meant to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, Jaron Lanier talks quite a bit about how, you know, he's like, you know, we know this and we know that. And, and he's his biggest concern is all of the people that are getting sucked into some of these things that they don't know. Actually, I want to talk about the addictive part of uh, social media, because I know I feel like some of the stuff that a lot of the stuff that they say is not news, but it's, you know, you hear it and you're like, oh, social media is addictive. Social media causes mental health. Social media, you know, tracks what you, you listen right, to. And people it, don't it understand gives you ads. Yes. Mm-hmm. People hear all this stuff. They know it, but they don't realize how, like the extent of it. And I think that's what's important about the documentary. But I think it is people, a lot of people are addicted. They don't even realize it. Like if you'd asked me before I watched this, if I was addicted to social media, I'd say no, because I, I really don't even like social media like that. I've definitely become addicted. It is compulsory. I will, sometimes I'll like close the app and open it right back up without even realizing it. It's just like, um, or I pick up my phone and somehow it's like automatic before I, I, I don't even think about opening Facebook. Facebook's open. Like it's just a natural reaction. Your mm-hmm. body is conditioned to do it. 
It's behavioral modification is what Jaron Lanier calls it. Yeah, it is. It is. It's like, it, 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 that's something they do. They call it uh, persuasive technology in the documentary, which is, it's technology that's designed to change your attitudes and behavior um, through persuasion and social influence. And it's, it's like conditioning. It is. It's like Pavlov's dog. They literally teach classes on to people on how to do that on persuasive, mm-hmm. te- persuasive technology and the same yeah, with like surveillance. Yes. Yeah, so the same with surveillance capitalism. I mean, when you, when you talk about it, people could easily write you off and say, that's crazy. You sound like a conspiracy theorist, but it's true. I mean, again, te- they're teaching classes on this. This is a, it's a deliberate attempt to do this, to condition the users. So before you move off of the attic thing, because like you said, that's very, that's, that's what they want. They want you, they want to modify your behavior. Mm-hmm. They want you to stay on there because they, you don't pay for these apps. The advertisers do. So the only way that these advertisers feel comfortable continuing to give their money to social media is knowing and having proof through algorithms and data and all this other stuff that they have that you are seeing their ads. And my favorite quote out of the entire documentary was this. Only two people or or, or two organizations in the world refer to the people who use their products as users, drug dealers, and social media. Mm -hmm. That's true. Yeah, I saw that too. That was really powerful when I read it. So what, what does that mean to us? Does that, you know what I mean? So. I mean, we are, we are users, especially because mm-hmm. everyone is like so addicted to it. Mm-hmm. So we talk a lot about, you know, all we, we brought up a ton of stuff already. We brought up all the, the things I'm sure people have heard a million times and we've kind of hammered home that it's, it's definitely intentional and purposeful, but there are such real world consequences to social media that I think people are blind to. And I'd like to talk about how it kind of influences things on a national and a global scale, because something that I think I've been saying it for a while, you know, everyone's talking about this divide in the country. Everyone's so divided. Oh my God. And you know, a lot of people are like, it's Trump's fault. He divided us, which is stupid. Um, you can't blame one person for dividing an entire country. No, that's we just divided not how it ourselves. Works. We divided ourselves. Thank you. That's what I've been saying. Yep. It's yep. not one person. It's a huge part of it is the media and social media, um, which is how we get our news. You know, they're the ones who are dividing everything and social media is making it a lot easier to have that done because of the way they're they're, they're tailoring, not tailoring, cherry picking what we see as individuals. We are no longer getting the same information that everybody else is getting and making our own opinions on it. We are being shown very specific things based on who we are and other Mm -hmm. people are saying other things based on who they are. We're not seeing the same information anymore. So that is why we're being divided because certain people are seeing certain things that others are not. And they're getting that same information with a different spin on it than other people are. So the same way- Not all of that information, not all of that information we're seeing is true either. Exactly. Yeah. And that, so the same way that um, you read something that somebody posts and you don't know the facial expressions or the tone behind it and you make up your own, you put your own like kind of definition on what they're saying based, you know, whatever. I'm having trouble with words right now. Words are hard, but it's the same (laughs) way with the information you're seeing. Um, 
you're taking your own meaning from it that another person is not because that's how it was presented. One of the things mm -hmm. they said um, in the documentary that I, th I thought was so powerful that really backed this up, they talked about how everybody is basically in their own Truman show, like social media, um, especially like Facebook, it's because it's so tailor made to you. It's like your own personal Truman show. And, you know, Truman never realized that he was in a simulation or whatever you want to call it. And they asked mm -hmm. him in the movie, they asked why. And he said, because we accept the reality of the world, which we are presented. So Facebook is showing you very specific things. You just accept that that is how everything is. Um, but somebody else is seeing it differently. So they're accepting that reality. You guys have two different realities and you're wondering why you don't agree and why you're not matching up. It's not because one person is right or wrong or smart or evil or brainwashed or dumb or whatever. It's because that's just what you're being shown. This was the, the powerful thing they said in the documentary that I kind of think sums this up. One of the women um, said, we are all operating on a different set of facts and we're no longer able to reconcile information that contradicts that worldview which we've created. And then we can't be objective or constructive. So right, nobody can agree on what the truth is. Right, right. because everybody's seeing a different truth. And like we were saying, Jason, there's a lot of fake news out there, which is not a It's not a Trump thing. Yes, thank you. That's what I was going to say. It's not a Trump thing. This is something that's been out there for decades, you know, fake long before Trump. Yeah. Yep. Maybe even centuries, you know, it's like I mean, the media's done it over and over again where they've put out a story that was not verified or fact-checked, wasn't true, and other people picked it up and ran with it, and none of it was true. Like, it happens right. all the time. The, the polarization yep. of Americans is a... It has been growing and escalating, and it's mainly due to the media in the United States. Yes. The only thing that changed is social media made them more effective at polarizing Americans. Yes. And the graph they show in the documentary, I think, is very accurate, but, I mean... With the exponential one? Yeah, whatever. I mean, if you look yeah. at Americans in the 50s, you know what I mean? They weren't looting J.C. Penney's and rioting in the street. I mean, then you look at the Vietnam era where... They had riots back then. Yeah, but it they were small riots for people. They were different. Yeah. There was a different tone to them. Yeah. They, they had causes back then, though. Right. They weren't just looting for nothing, you know, like they mm -hmm. do now. Right. I mean, then you have um, the Vietnam era. Some people didn't support the war. They were vocal about that. And some people said that they were crazy, but it was since then, it's just been slowly getting more and more and more and more. 92, you got the LA riots. It gets worse and worse and worse after that. Mm -hmm. And now you just have, it doesn't, now people are so keen to toss themselves into different groups and like rigidly grow roots there. The distance between the two sets of groups is just getting larger and larger. And the people, so you either have people who feel strongly about one thing, people who feel strongly about another thing. And then the meandering people in the middle who just don't care about anything. So, yep. I don't know. Yep. Yeah, so off more on that was um, they were talking about in the documentary how they've created this system, this program, or whatever you want to call it, that can and does manipulate people. It's a very effective mm -hmm. thing. It's It was intentional and... They didn't, I know that none of them created this technology with the purpose of having it used for evil. And I put that in like air quotes, but you know, it is. And because this technology exists and it is so effective at manipulating and controlling people, that opens up the door for people to use it for negative, you know, and yeah. that is why you have um, 
social media is now influencing big things like um, not only political elections and political decisions, it's also um, influencing rioting and um, civil war in some places. Like it is very dangerous and people, anybody Mm -hmm. can use it. You know what I mean? Russia, they were talking about how Russia influenced the the 2016 election. Um, I don't know if that's true, but they were saying that like they could do that through social media. Anybody can pay money to use the technology that is influencing people. I went down that rabbit hole a little bit and what I stumbled upon, they say what happened, what really happened was that the Russians used so-called businesses or, or such and such businesses to, to use their money and send it to buy advertisement space for their companies through these social media sites. But then what they would do is use that to push political advertising mm-hmm. because social media is so new and so vast that it, it, it's grown so quick, so exponentially that they don't, they don't have the regulations that, that most businesses or organizations or industries would have. Mm-hmm. So because it's so new, they're still trying to figure out how to restrict, you know, what they can and can't restrict this and that. Mm-hmm. So what these guys supposedly did was use this money to buy this advertisement space. And then instead of push whatever said business they were using, they were pushing political ads. And they say that that may have influenced, influenced yeah. Trump winning that election. Now, whether that's true or not, like I said, I, I can't, I couldn't really find a lot of credible sources, but if you dig if you dig yourself into that rabbit hole, you start seeing different articles. And I don't recommend using Google because Google is very biased when you search engines. Yes. Quick quick note. So if you're looking into conspiracies, if you think they're real or not, use other search engines because Google's kind of biased. It gives you we already know that it gives you what they want you to see, not so much what you're looking for. Yeah. So like well, I use Bing and other ones. There's and there's other ones you can, you know, you can look up. But um that that's a real issue. Because if that kind of thing is happening, if other countries can influence American elections, that's a problem. I again I don't know, like you said, I don't know if that's true, but right. I do think I do believe that. I mean, I think I don't know what to what end, but I do believe that that's something that could be done. I mean, I I saw it this election. You would be an idiot to think that social media did not influence people's political views this election cycle right. on both sides. It's not like a, a right or left thing. Um yeah, and I <laughs> yeah, Google is very biased. I hate that because I was trying to like fact check a bunch of stuff and see the both sides of like stories and stuff. And I would only ever see the same thing that they were trying to push that I could not get any information. Even when I went like multiple pages in, you know what I mean? I couldn't find it. It mm-hmm. sucked. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, yeah. So the main, the main thing I hear about what you guys are saying is it's how irresponsible people are. And generally people only get their news from Facebook. Mm-hmm. They they don't watch the six o'clock news anymore. They don't get newspapers. They don't fact check anything they read. They just go on Facebook, and if it's on Facebook, then you know it's it's fact. And it's irresponsible for people to do that. It's irresponsible for people to only get their info on at the outside world from Facebook. And that is one of the reasons, especially with Facebook tailoring tailoring news feeds to people. To go back to the polarization, that's why we have people with such conflicting views of what 
how what America is like. Um, mm-hmm. Because of that, it's I meet some people sometimes and I talk with them, and I'm like, how can these people be so stupid? How can they not see things like I see them? Like I'm not smart. I'm not the world's smartest guy. I'm not a genius. And I'm like, I, I can see this for what it is. Mm-hmm. How can't they? And it's because for four or five hours a day, they're fed a different set of information with different principles and different boundaries than I am. And so day by day, we just grow farther and farther apart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I don't know. I look on Facebook and it's like, oh, look how racist uh, the United States is. And look how, look how, whatever group of people to stay are treated. And I'm like, I don't see that. And like when I go outside and I look around, I don't, I don't see that. But if you look online, it's everywhere. So which is it? Which mm-hmm. one's fact? And am I wrong? I don't know. And it's. If you try to find any kind of news article or anything that anybody says that opposes that you can't find it because they don't want the, you to see it. Yeah. They block it. They do. I right. swear to God. And so when you look at that, when you look at that, it, you can circle back to where we started talking about these governments, right? Mm-hmm. The ones that want to use this stuff to control their people. So you have these countries where, and, and they've been on record. And the one, and I still can't think of the freaking name of the country. I know it starts with an M. We kind of started talking about it. But when you look at that aspect, you think about if, if it's so easy to make to do that to people, to put people in that position, right? In that state of mind to where it's obvious that it just, it's what they're seeing and we don't even think about it. Right. So it just goes by you. Well, what happens is you get these countries like the one uh, over, and I, I think it was in Eastern Europe, they knew this technology had this ability. So they started doing like this, um, I don't, I don't know what you would call it to where the Americans might understand it. Um, like an Obama phone thing, right? Like, okay, we're going to give everybody a phone. And when they give these people this phone, the first thing they would do is install Facebook and they would go through and like this page, this page, this page. And so when they gave you this phone, they, and this is, again, you can look this up. This happened. They, they used these phones and the Facebook app. And, and the, before they gave you the phone, they went into Facebook and liked certain pages. So you had to follow them because that was part of the agreement. Right. Mm-hmm. So then they're controlling what you see. And they started controlling these people and they started turning. And I can't remember who it was. Was it, it was like a group of Muslims or something like that, but their country had started turning all of the people against this small, uh, uh, this small number of people. That, that was against their political preference or, or, you know, ideology or whatever. That's dangerous. That's dangerous. Could, could you have, like, so Brian touched earlier on, on Hitler. Could you imagine Hitler today if he had access to social media? We'd probably all be speaking German right It'd now. It'd be Joe Biden. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yeah, think about it, man. I mean, if Hitler, if Hitler, how powerful that guy was with his speech where he convinced an entire country to just start murdering people. And he, and he got everybody's attention that was within reach. Could you imagine if he could have reached the whole world? Oh, absolutely. Holy crap. I mean, there's, there's a lot of parallels here. I mean, not to, so you, you mentioned Hitler to people today and be like, Oh, he was a maniac and his yeah. ideology. He was a maniac. But if like, 
I, and P, I'm going to get some flack for saying this. Like if I didn't know who Hitler was and I ran into him on the street, he was a pretty, he was a well-spoken, uh, charismatic, charismatic is not the entrancing person. He's somebody that just sucked people right. in mm-hmm. and people wanted to hear more and want to listen. I probably would have bought the guy a beer. I would have listened to his stories and the same sort of, um, set of steps that's happening with social media happened with the people of Germany and Hitler. It wasn't day one. He's like, Hey, we're going to kill a bunch of people and take over Europe. How's that sound? People are like, that sounds good. It was these slight little imperceptible little things. Each speech, one thing changed and one thing. Oh, you know, we need to reunite Germany. People are like, yeah, I want to reunite Germany. We want to be whole again. Hey, we need to not abide by the treaty of Versailles. And they're like, yeah, I guess we right. shouldn't do that. They, Hey, we're going to test and see if the Americans are actually, you know, going to make us pay reparations anymore. And then they didn't. Hey, we're going to we need Lebensraum. We need to make Germany bigger because we're such a good country now. We just need to take over just a little bit of Czechoslovakia and Austria. Nobody cares about them anyways. And these slight little changes. And next thing you know, it's like European domination. Mm -hmm. So. Right. Getting. And that was with just that was with just the voice that he had in his reach then. Yeah, they had like videos and posters, like. Yeah. Imagine, imagine if he could have reached the whole world. That's terrifying. Pete, I think when Pete, you mentioned Hitler, the Nazis today, people automatically turn you off, turn you off, and they get so yeah, angry if you're like, "How dare you compare this to the Nazis?" It is so relevant because it's not that that was the only people that did it. It's happened throughout human history, but that's the example everybody knows about. Right? People Wait, think- shut up! Yeah. Shut up! Stop interrupting me. Sorry. <laughs> I've been trying to get this point out and you just keep interrupting we'll me. We'll get to it then. Thank you. <laughs> so it is not just America and the Democrats versus the Republicans and it, the no. Democrats are to blame or the Republicans are to blame. It's all over the world this is happening with social media. And it is not a yep. new thing. Propaganda has been around for a very long time. The only issue here and again it's another reason countries not just america it's happening all over the world these countries are so divided is because they are showing certain people certain things if one person is getting one propaganda another person is getting another it's not like germany during world war ii where they were all getting the same propaganda it's different now which is going to just keep pushing this divide so and it's dangerous like you said it literally started civil wars it has influenced elections in other country I, it's definitely influenced elections in our country and you're like, imagine if Hitler had it. I mean, it doesn't, like a lot of people have it now. So I don't think that this is something that's like, oh man, we need to stop before it gets there. It's already there. You know what I mean? It's already to the point where it is dangerous. Yeah, it's gotten people killed. I agree. So in America, we have this two-party system, right? So w- while Br- while Brian might agree, we're most of us are pretty dumb and people can be shitty, <laughs> but um, we don't have one type of government controlling us. And so, so here, we, they can't really do that to us as Americans, per se, because you have too many people on the right and too many people on the left where you wouldn't be able to persuade everybody to go one side, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily a bad thing because it, it keeps everybody from being a thing. But like what you're saying, um, we, we have that now where when you look at, you know, we have government, like look at China, for example. This is a big fear. China, they're, you know, they might be this big, rich country but they're predominantly communist and they want to control their people. And if they really wanted to, you know, they're, they're not, I mean, we all know that China's not afraid to silence its people. It's been shown over time. 
And so I think that's the big fear in this is, you know, like we can look back and say, you know, oh, well, what if, can you imagine if these people had it? But the real problem is, yeah, like what you said, now we're looking at today's world. There are people that may not be as bad as Hitler, but if you give them enough power, they could be. Yeah, enough time. And, 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 if, and if they have this tool to amplify that power so quickly, things could go south for, you know, and maybe not for America. You know, maybe maybe we have enough common sense, you know, to at least no. survive. But, but, but there, are, there are some countries where they don't have the ability or the education that most Americans, even if minimal, might have. And so you have that uh, Myanmar, that's the name of it. I remembered you have this country like Myanmar where these people, they, I mean, and like I said, you can look it up and, and it's in the documentary. And, and that's why I looked it up and I was like, oh my God, it really did happen. Cause you know, you wonder, did it really happen? And it, but it did. And they completely tried to snuff out an entire group of people. That's what Hitler did. You're right. It's happening now. It's crazy. And you said it. It might not happen in America because we have the two sides, but all we need to close that divide is a common enemy, which is what they had in Germany. They had a common right. enemy and like there was different political parties right. in Germany, but that that's all we need. So I don't think it'd be too hard for knowing the technology they have and deciding to purposely wield it for a negative cause. It wouldn't be too hard. I don't think to influence enough people to get behind i mean you don't have to influence everybody to get behind your cause as a dictator the majority yeah you just need a lot of people because eventually that fear is gonna corral the rest of them right yep and that's exactly what has happened lately with social media and i always Mm -hmm. use the the mask thing uh as a or the COVID 19 thing as a as an example we live in new york we have it's a it's a communist blue state and i hate it but we have a terrible governor who is basically a dictator and has made all these rules he's a hundred percent a dictator dude so yeah executive order this executive order that yeah. i mean he's a piece of shit. and he's been in power for so long oh all right <laughs> but it's one of those things early on it was you must wear a mask it's executive order or it's law and i'm like well okay blow me like you're i'm not gonna <laughs> so and I met a lot of cops and nobody cared. I didn't get any fines. It was the random people I met on the street that were so v- vehemently disturbed that I would do something so audacious. I mean, one guy wanted to fight me over it. And it's that mentality and that effect that social media has that you don't need to get the police or the military involved. It will be other people policing other people. Mm-hmm. And you get the majority of them yep. to do that. I mean, another executive order was, hey, you can't have more than 10 people at your Thanksgiving dinner in New York State. And that's that's an executive order. That's a law. And I bet you there's going to be people who are going to be lining up to rat out their neighbors because that's what they're indoctrinated and told is, is right to do. Mm-hmm. It's for the greater good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just don't fully understand it. the whole with social media and everything. It was wear a mask, uh, quarantine. It's only two weeks. It's flatten the curve. All these buzzwords that go around, bro. It's been not like how many All months? Has it been? Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's been like eight months. What happened to two weeks? Well, I guess we need another two weeks. Either it worked or it didn't, but don't try and jerk me around and, and tell me that this is still working. Uh, it's the whole, idea that this is what people actually believe because this is what they are told and therefore now i must suffer the consequences based on what 
they think is right in the new normal. Yeah, fear mm-hmm. is a powerful motivator to get people to do what you want them to do. So mm-hmm. um, moving off of that, I mean, I think we kind of made the point about how social media controls people individually, how that goes interpersonally, nationally, and even globally, and how it um, affects, you know, how people feel about all those things. Um, so they're talking, I want to kind of talk about like solutions here. How do we solve it? Because it's really easy to be like, oh, technology bad, gloom and doom, whatever. We need to talk about some ways to solve these problems. And one of the things that they really hammer on in the documentary is government regulation and how that is the answer. And that is what's needed to kind of fix some of these issues. And this is something that, uh, I think Trump was trying to do and he got a lot of pushback and flack for it. And everyone was like, Oh, Trump's a dictator. He's trying to silence freedom of speech or whatever, but it's because the way that the law is written, it protects social media companies. And now that, you know, social media companies have evolved and become like a different beast, a different monster. They are no longer, they should, they should no longer be protected under those laws, which is why Trump was trying to change it. Um, and that is what a lot of people, especially in the documentary, are pushing for. They need to take away those protections from those social media companies because they're no longer just a forum for people to talk and post pictures. They're they become powerful entities themselves. Yeah, I mean, you right. uh, pushing country into a civil war like that is insane amount of power, and they need regulation. Yep. Yeah, but I'm wondering what you guys think about that. Is that the answer? You know, I'm kind of very much against government regulation, especially over-regulation of things. I mean, obviously some things do need to be regulated, but my natural instinct is not to be like, oh, there's a problem. Let's let the government fix it because governments, some, I mean, governments are already using this technology for bad. So they have a vested interest in keeping these kinds of things free to use to manipulate people. So I'm wondering what you guys think. What do you think is the best way to, is government regulation the answer? I'll let Jason lead. I'll let you, oh, you want to let me lead? I might be a little long winded on this, but I'll, I'll lead it. So, um, so as, as I fell into this rabbit hole in, in the social dilemma, so I kind of mentioned the two of them earlier, and these are the two that, that and I think that, they're just the easiest to find talk points on like they've done the most work and they've been in it for so long um, with the Jaron Lanier and the Shashaya Zaboff, they, they both, they both have their own sectors of problems. And I think the overall, so regulation, first of all, all right, first of all, overall, there's so many issues, right? Some of them might be uh, minute, so there's not, you know, like, okay, that might not really be a problem. But some of the bigger things, there's different things that might require different solutions. Number one, the regulation is not so far, because people were arguing it. And, and, and from my research, again, I don't know if I'm 100% accurate, but from my research, what I took from it was Trump was, uh, was our presidential candidate that was pushing for more regulation on these companies. Mm-hmm. And Biden was not. Biden was on the opposite spectrum, from what I gathered. I don't know if they were on the same page. I, I, I don't. I don't remember. I didn't fall into that rabbit hole a lot. But I do know that when. So if we look at regulation, 
so many things. Um, you know, the food exam, the food industry, for example, right? Why do we have regulations in the food industry? Because if we don't, people, you know, they might just say, oh, well, we'll do this, save a buck, do this, save a buck. They do, you know, A, B, C, and D and save all this money, but they might be potentially creating health hazards, you know, people getting sick. So we have to regulate that so that, you know, well, we got to know that the, that the food is safe so that the people are safe so that, you know, and so regulation is not this, I don't think it's this crazy thing. You know what I'm saying? I, I think that, I think that we have to sit, sit down. I think, I think Congress and the Senate maybe need to sit down and I know this is outlandish, but I think that maybe for, if there's one thing that maybe they should work together on, which I know is not possible, <laughs> it, it, is this because we need to figure out where does the majority stand? Where is the line and what, what do we need to, and what's not so much of an issue that we need to regulate? What needs to be regulated? What's crazy? What's not. And so I, I, I do think, I do think that it needs to happen. I mean, if it, if it comes down to, you know, if there's issues creating safety concerns, you know I mean? You got coming, you got countries using it to create genocide and that that's a safety concern in my issue. So, or in my belief system. So I think that, I think that sitting down and looking at what do we need to regulate? I think that's a big thing. Um, but like I said, once you do that, now there's all these, these minute things that as you go through, I think different parts of our, or the different problems rather, I'm sorry, the different problems might require different solutions, Right. Yeah. And some of these people that have gone to, I know that, I know that, like I said I, I, earlier, I know Tristan Harris has gone before Congress multiple times. He's done a bunch of uh, presentations. He was a big time uh, creator and a lot of the stuff for Google um, among some other guys in the documentary that have also gone before Congress and talked about this stuff. And then we have, uh, you know, uh, Jared Lanier, he talks about a lot more of the data and how they're using your information and just, manipulating you to keep you providing them more data. That's a separate issue. Shoshana Zaboff goes more down the capitalist, uh, or I'm sorry, the surveillance capitalism road where she's talking about using their data and monitoring all of this stuff without you noticing, you know, you think that I'm just going here and there and, and that you're, I'm not being surveillanced, but you are. And I think the overall picture with everything is like what we've talked about already is so many people don't realize, and some of it is not that big of an issue, but most of this stuff wasn't an issue back in the 90s. So if we keep letting it go, how much of an issue can it become? So I think that, I think that just different things kind of, depending on which, which situations you look at first, depends on how we handle it. But I think I mean, regulation is not always, you know, I mean, because you're, you're going to limit stuff, you know, but like any business, you have your, your reasons, you know, every, every organization or industry is regulated to some point, And most of it has to do with keeping people safe or stopping people from robbing each other, or this and that, you know, and, and I think the only thing that I'm truly scared of with, with looking at regulation like that is. I know the biggest talk is is limiting the speech, which obviously all people talk about freedom mm -hmm. of speech, right? 
But when you look at it, is it so outlandish for a company to finally have his breaking point? Like Facebook, for example, Mark Zuckerberg has always been Switzerland. He's always tried to, to just, you know, he wants to be Switzerland so that everybody wants to use Facebook. Why? Because that's how you make more money. You don't want to do something that contra or you know something that creates a hate towards you from from half of the country to where now only half of the country is using your product. And he's tried so long to stay Switzerland, but I think he's finally coming to the point where he's like, I think he's realizing how m- far up this creek he is. Yeah, he's definitely no longer and Switzerland. So, Right. And so now he is talking about all of this regulation thing and, and people are pissed off because he's like, you know, okay, well, we're going to, we're not going to allow hate speech, which, okay, is that so bad? I mean, honestly, we're not going to allow this and that we're not going to allow this and that. And people are ridiculing him. But when you think about it, most companies and in the United States overall, like I've worked for target in, in different companies, companies have um, policies, and stuff like that, that they're allowed to put in action. And, 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 and it's to keep their businesses running, more profitable, safe, whatever the reason may be. But they have that right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so I, I, think, I think there's a need. Can it be a slippery slope? Yes. But I think if we can, again, outlandish, get people to stop and look at something logically and go, look, man, this is what's going on. You know, this, this, it's, it's a problem. And they're willing to sit down and, and, and brainstorm on what they can do to fix it. That's the only way you can solve problems. Yeah. So you're definitely on the side of government regulation as a solution. And, and I mean, and, and, and yes, now, like I said, there are things where I'm like, oh, damn it. But at the same time, as I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, I get accused quite often of, of playing a devil's advocate because I kind of always do in the middle of a road. I look at both sides of a fence. You can't understand what good really is without evil. You can't understand how evil something is without mm-hmm. knowing what good is. So when I look at that, when I look at this situation or this topic like that, I'm looking at both sides of the fence and, and I see, you know, this is good, but that could cause this. And so I think that's the problem is I think the biggest problem is where do we start? Because now there's all of these things. And instead of addressing these problems as it was building, now you have these trillion dollar companies to where the slightest change could cost Mm -hmm. billions. And so now where do we, where do we start drawing this line? Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't mean to be long-winded about all that, but this is all kind of stuff that I've I've just kind of looked at as, as as the overall broad spectrum, and then each piece just it dives deeper. It, it's just a lot to this, and the further you fall in this rabbit hole, the worse you get because you're like Jesus. This is, and, and that's I think that's the biggest thing now is like now it's this big grand picture. What do we do? And most of these people, they're what like we said earlier, they're these addicts. Well, I, you know. Uh, it is what it yeah. is. I don't care. And so they just, they just brush it off. So now nobody cares. Nobody wants to solve it until I tell you. So like, you know, now I say, oh, we're going to regulate this. Hey, Brian, I have to limit your freedom of speech. What's going to happen? Yeah, I mean, well, I feel like this, it, it, this is uncharted territory in the history of the world. 
And if government regulation right. is the end result of what happens, it it's going to take some time and some mistakes are going to be made before they get it anywhere near right. And that's just because of right. the uncertainty that we have constitutional rights, legalities, and also all, all this menagerie of different laws and regulations that are already in place that you have to follow and then work around and abide by to then move forward. And it, it would be a mess, but starting somewhere is better than never doing anything. So I don't think that you bring up freedom of speech. I don't think that it's people that really need to be limited. I don't think we need to limit freedom of speech. I think the thing that I think the biggest problem is that they are cherry picking exactly what you're saying. I think that's the biggest problem. Um, I don't think the issue of speech is the real thing. I don't know. I, it is, it is really hard because there are a lot of, it is very intricate and it honestly, we could sit here and brainstorm ourselves like ways to fix it. There's a lot of it, but I think the biggest thing that needs to be done is the information needs to be put out there. People need to be aware of what's happening. You know what I mean? And there are going to be people who don't care, people who are stubborn, people who, you know, it's too inconvenient for them to know the truth. So they just keep living in their little bubble. But I think a majority of people, when they realize what's happening, they'll be more open-minded, hopefully. Right. So if you realize, hey, for the last four years, I've only been getting like half of the story, maybe maybe you'll be a little more open-minded when you see something that you, that might automatically trigger you or upset you. You know what I mean? Brian always says that the truth is somewhere in the middle. And when I watch the doc, you know, I'm very opinionated and very steadfast in my beliefs and my views. And I'm like walking around like, yeah, I'm right about all this stuff. People are so dumb. And then I watched the documentary and I was like, oh, maybe, maybe I'm not as like, you know, concrete as I thought. So now, you know, I'm more open-minded to the truth being somewhere in the middle. Well, and to touch on that. So like what you said, be, you know, you don't want to be shown just, you know, you have a hundred people. You don't want to just be shown the same 10 people all the time. And then, so so saying that, and then circling back to not everything that we're seeing is technically yeah. factual. So, so if if you have a hundred friends and, and you're only seeing ten of their posts, well, let's say five of them are full of crap. Well, you're not even really seeing you're not even really seeing ten people worth of the truth. You're only seeing five out yeah. of a hundred. That's concerning, and I think that that's a big. I think that's a big uh, contributor to where we talk about the dumbing down because how are you supposed to get smarter if you never if you're if you're if you're never getting more than five percent of the truth yeah that's ridiculous yeah it is that's very upsetting now that i realize that's being done and i don't know if you saw the new feature facebook is now only showing like top comments on certain posts like you have to actually go in every single time and pick show all comments to see everybody's comments so it's even more limiting what you're seeing you know what i mean yeah. It's really annoying. But on your point about fake news, they said that there in the documentary, they said there was an MIT study done and it's that fake news travels six times faster than factual news. And you have a lot of people reacting off of headlines that they see article headlines and not oh, even read the article. Yeah. Yeah. That's annoying too. And, and and I agree. That's another big thing is you see all these people. I just have, so quickly I have, not notice that new feature because I'm off of Facebook for the last two weeks. I actually had a big fallout with some family members over the political stuff in the election because 
I was like, well, I was like, well, no, dude, look. And, and no, that's not true. And I'm like, you didn't read. And th this is exactly what happened. They posted an article and they read the headline and they posted the article. Oh, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, and so I clicked the article and I read the article and I'm like, bro, the article doesn't say what you just said it does. Yes, it does. I'm like, no, it doesn't. Read the article. It says, it says this. I'm like, what else does it say? It just says that. I'm like, no, dude, you didn't read the article. Yeah. That, that, that happens a lot. It's happened to me too with people. People will post something negative and you get, they get like a hundred likes and everyone's all mad. And then I comment and I'm like, uh, well, the article actually says this. And they're like, well, that's just, well, and they like try to like, you know, brush me off. And I'm like, you're the bad guy. Yeah. Like I'm the bad guy. And I'm like, the article <laughs> yeah. says like the headline is completely misleading. It's completely out of context. Like all this stuff. Yeah, well, people share it because yep. they want the likes. Yeah. Which right. is exactly. something we never really touched on was the whole, gratification from other people liking what you like yeah and dopamine. how that yeah exactly that's yeah. where that dopamine yeah. comes from right dopamine about. clicks yep right when people that's you, and that that's how you keep them addicted yep yeah um yeah i didn't want to dwell too much on that because i feel like that's kind of been talked about a lot too yeah fair enough you know but the other thing that you had mentioned about seeing every uh, you want to see all the comments or not all the comments. You want to see all the posts from everybody. Mm -hmm. The reality of it is Facebook is so big and there's so many people posting so many things that it would be a lot of information on your, on your newsfeed. And I don't think Facebook should cherry pick what they show you or any of that stuff, mm -hmm. but I could see for efficiency reason why they would categorize it to stuff you want to see the most in that regard. And that there's just so much stuff on Facebook, so much information you know, if you Google search something, there's like 55 pages of results. Mm -hmm. It just shows you the ones that other people have read the most first or that most fit what you search first. Does that make sense? Eh, I mean, to an extent, but here's my thing, right? Like I'm on my timeline. I scroll down maybe like 10 posts down and it's something that my cousin posted five days ago. But there's people posting today, and I ha I I'll never see their post unless I go to their profile. I, like, okay, yeah, I get it's, that. That's what bothers me. Like, show me the stuff that's happening now, and if you want to categorize it by like the things you think I like most, fine. But don't ignore new stuff and show me old stuff just because you know mm -hmm. what I mean. Like, that's weird. Fair enough. Yep. But Agreed. back to um, solutions or whatever. I just think having make sure making sure people are understanding what's going on i mean honestly i feel like everyone should have to watch the social dilemma before they're allowed to use social media that would never happen but i mean that's that's the kind of thing like they're always fact checking things now so so the users aware that it might not be true they're not fact checking everything they're fact checking very certain things and i feel like they need their own fact check so when you look at facebook it's like hey none of the you see on facebook is probably true just just so you know yep. warning we're showing you just very specific things we're not actually showing you everything like that's what people need people need that information and it's not going to change everything it's not going to solve everything but it it's a step in the right direction Fair enough. acknowledging there's a problem yeah and mm -hmm. human nature is just gonna it's not gonna like solve it but that's definitely part of it i don't think the I don't think the blame can be solely put on the tech companies. Like, no. you know what I mean? People need to take responsibility uh, on their own or it's never going to change. Facebook can put all the regulations they want. You know, the government can regulate it all they want. If people don't, aren't aware of what's going on, it's, you know, the damage has already been done. Right. So what about you, babe? Uh, what? 
you have anything else to add on ways to fix these issues? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much echoing things that you both said, but I am, it's difficult for me. I am libertarian. I am not all about government control realistically in anything. Mm-hmm. If you want to grow pot and own a machine gun and marry a goat, go for it. You know what I mean? Be you. Um, I'm a, a big proponent of individual responsibility. And the caveat with that is with individual responsibility comes the chance for you to be individually an idiot. Uh, and that's just the way it cuts. You can't have you can't regulate people into not doing dumb stuff. People mm-hmm. are stupid. OK, mm-hmm. so. People always jump on the bandwagon for we need more laws and more regulations and more of this. It's for the greater good. I mean, you get to a point where you're just like, there's just so much, there's so much regulation in a perfect world was, Hey, you know, explain the dangers of this to people and they just won't use it, but that will never work because people are terrible. Mm -hmm. So the two main solutions that I think uh, that I see, I would, I would personally hold off from government regulation because I just don't, the government's already too big. You're giving the government too much control over all these other things. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's just one more thing that they can control. I don't really like the idea of that, but hey, what the hell do I know? Uh, is make, have the government regulate Facebook in the loosest terms possible, meaning make it completely transparent. If they track me, make a button to show me what they have tracked about me. Make a button to show right. me why they're showing me what they're showing me. Make something that I can modify if I don't like what's going on. That seems pretty reasonable to me. Mm-hmm. I have the ability to make a choice on what is going on in, in my news feed. The other thing would be make it cost money. Doesn't have to be a lot of money. There's a lot of people you can make it cost $5 a month. They won't pay it Yep. because yep. who wants to pay for anything? Um, those are the two solutions I think to me, it being such a massive problem. It would definitely cut down on... Um, definitely cut down on some of the problems we have the third thing would be another thing that i guess could be government mandated because people are stupid is make a minimum age for facebook or other social media i mean there already there is i which i understand but i mean there's some terrible parents out there i mean i i personally witnessed a two-year-old girl yesterday she was in the gun store with her dad her dad paid no attention to her and literally just handed her a phone when she was playing you uh, kids YouTube videos for like an hour and a half on like max volume, it was like a very annoying. I wanted to take that phone and just chuck it down, like chuck it across Central Avenue, across six lanes of traffic, and be like, <laughs> never again. But the fact that that's how this girl is being raised, like she's two, and mm-hmm. it's normal for her to be in situations with other people. And not explore, not ask questions, and not look at her environment around her and just be stuck on a little tiny square in her hands. And that can be very dangerous uh, to people growing up. So I think somehow that, I'm not saying should be regulated. People need to be wiser and people need to use their head more often and not focus on the government or somebody else to tell them what they know they should already be doing. Right. So I think... I'm one of those things I think everything should – I think most things should be legal. If you want to go do heroin, go for it. And if it kills you, you knew the risks. Mm-hmm. If, right. I don't need a little sticker on the outside of the pack of cigarettes to know that they're probably going to kill you. Or 
speed limits. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? We all understand all these things and making regulating them into more laws, making more and more penalties is the illusion of safety. It, it just it's the illusion of uh, of problems being fixed at the expense of personal freedoms. So right. that's my that's my bit on that. You got some good points there. And I would agree with most of that. But I think the biggest line, like what you touched on, is the regulation more so needs to be because most of these tech companies, they're their own, they're like their own little governments. Nobody knows what's going on inside of them unless there's a whistleblower. Mm-hmm. And I think that like what you said, you know, they you know, they need to be regulated on anything. It realistically it needs to be so that there that there's no shadow stuff. There's no, you know, there's no shadow realm stuff going on. I think that the paying for it, like what you said, I know Jared Lanier is big on that. That's a big thing that he talks about is, you know, you want to solve some of these problems. All, you know, some of the people just causing the littler problems, you put a $5 a month thing on there. Okay. You know, it's not that much money, but there's people that ain't going to pay it. And then you're eliminating all of these, you know, you're eliminating so many of these problem Mm -hmm. creators. And so I, I don't think it's outlandish. All right. Do you guys have any closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I just I thought the documentary was very interesting and enlightening uh, to hear a side of social media that you don't normally hear about, right? Mm-hmm. They're like these are all the black sheep of the social media industry, spilling secrets that you know are hush hush that we don't talk about mm-hmm. or that they don't talk about because it's not it's not conducive to turning a profit for the company. And one of the biggest takeaways from this is if if you're an adult, right? If you're thirty or thirty five years old. And you want to waste your life on the internet and you've made that choice by all means. If you have kids, I mean, and I, (laughs) I hate kids, but if you have kids, take care of the next generation, get them off their phone, get them to talk to you, get them to learn skills because one way or the other, when they grow up, they're going to be completely defenseless against anything that they're going to need to do. They're not going to have all the tools in the toolbox to do what they need to be as an adult because they have squandered so much of their youth looking at things that don't matter. So if you're a parent out there, the one thing I've learned from this is don't be a lazy parent, make your kids do the right thing and they will continue to do the right. Yeah. I mean, on top of that, somebody mentioned it earlier, how Steve jobs, I think it was Jason. Steve jobs doesn't let his kids use or didn't use, Mm -hmm. let his kids use the technology. And a lot of people in the documentary, pretty much everyone in the documentary said that they don't let their kids use social media or that they, they monitor it and like regulate it very heavily. Like, Oh, they get like an hour of social media a night or something like that. So, I mean, know that the people who are making this stuff don't even want their kids to use it. So maybe you shouldn't, you know, let your kids use it either. Just, it's something to keep in mind when you're thinking about, you don't get high off your own supply. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Jason, final thoughts. What I loved most about this was that I always like when something opens my eye because I like learning, you know, I, I like, I like, just learning new things and realizing, you know, like, Oh, you know, this and that. Um, but I think the, the, the absolute biggest thing is with me about this whole documentary was most of the people talking in it are people who created these things and work on these things or worked on these things. And when they talk about all, you know, the bad stuff that, that it's caused or is causing, they don't come off as, you know, well, this is what we're doing and you're not going to like it, but you're screwed. They're voicing it, you know, Hey, 
we created this and there's some problems and we need to fix it and we need people to help us figure this out. It, it gives you this kind of sense of, you know, we look at all the demonizing things about these tech companies, but all of these good people that work there or helped build it, they're still good people. And they're realizing, like you said earlier, Caitlin, I think, where you said, you know, I don't think they intentionally made these things to do these bad things. But now that they're at this point, because they're good people, they're going, hey, guys, look, this is a problem. We got to fix it. And so it gives me hope because even the people that created these things, whether they're causing all this bad stuff, they want to fix it. You know what I'm saying? It's not just like, oh, well, it's. It's too late. We're already in the fire. Might as well let it go. They're like, no, man, you know, we can, we can fix this there. It gives you hope. It doesn't make you think that it's a lost cause. And I like to have hope that there's good people and that, you know, people will work together. And that's what these guys are trying to do. The biggest thing is just people have to, people have to, you know, they have to educate themselves on what's going on. Like Brian said, yeah, it's a, it's a runaway train. They're just trying to tell people to get out of the way. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, my closing thoughts would just something we didn't really talk about, but I think is so important. Something that was like really concerning and alarming to me was just the mental health side effects of um, social media. They focused on teen girls. Um, they showed like a graph of and talked about how suicides and self-harm have increased drastically since social media became a thing. It's like 120%. Um, yeah. And this in ages like 10 to 16 the suicides, the self-harm, all that stuff, depression, it's all gone up since social media, since like Facebook came out. Um, and I'm really kind of bummed they didn't include like boys in that. I think that's kind of unfair because I know that's, I know that's a big part of it too. Like they have just as many issues, but um, just, it kind of puts into perspective, like how big of an effect this has on children because children who are being brought up on their phones, not only are they, you know, like you said, lacking interpersonal skills now and don't know how to have a conversation and, you know, whatever, but it also, that is a time when your brain is developing. So if your brain is developing and you're learning, this is how you get news and this is how you view the world. And, you know, you're coming in up with your own ideas and you're understanding things and you're being pushed a very narrow view of something that, you know, you're not, that's how your brain is developing to like find the truth. You know what I mean? So I think it's even more dangerous to people whose brains are still developing, whose self-esteem is still developing, whose self-worth and worldview is developing um, to put such a one-sided thing on them and to target them and market to them. And, you know, it's just, it's really alarming. I think that's very concerning. It it's more than just, you know, it's rotting your brains. I mean, there's so much more to it. So I think my kind of closing remarks and advice would just be, if you're a parent, absolutely 100% watch this documentary. You should probably watch it with your kids too. And really just kind of give a second thought about how you want your kids on social media to interact. Um, and I would say everybody, honestly, everybody who uses social media, and even who doesn't, should watch this documentary, educate yourselves. And after that, do what you want with the information. But I think you should at least give yourself the information because it is so important. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. Uh, this has 
been a nice conversation. It wasn't really a debate. I meant to say that at the beginning. It wasn't really going to be a debate. It's more just a conversation, which, you know. Because you can't debate this. Yeah. Facts. Yeah. And honestly, you know, it's our podcast. So if we decide we don't want to do a debate one day, we'll say whatever. Yeah. <laughs> we make the rules. <laughs> so um, thank you, Jason, so much for bringing this to our attention and opening our eyes. And just, uh, yeah, thank you for being you. Seriously, it was good talking to you. Yeah. No, yeah, I'm I'm glad. I, this was this was fun. I really like this. And like I said, it's I, I've done a couple of podcasts where I've just been talking to myself, just kind of like doing what they do in the documentary, talking about stuff. And it's good to it's good to talk with people about it because it makes me not feel crazy. Number one, <laughs> but number two, you you guys are a good time. You know, you're always funny and stuff too. So it oh, helps. Thanks. Um, and 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 I apologize for throwing off your normal debate segment. Like I know Brian said, you can't really debate this anyways. But uh, no, you're fine. But I I I think this is a good topic to to talk about. So you know, it, it's always good to bring stuff to people's attention, especially when you it's it's so obvious that so many people don't. Yeah. Know, so. Yeah. It was honestly, it was good talking to you. I mean, if you ever want to talk to us about like some conspiracy stuff, we're definitely down. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, if I get if I get some cool topics, uh, you know, maybe I'll bring you guys on and uh, you can listen to me ramble on about my, my podcast is no rhyme or reason. It's kind of usually I just bring people on and go, what do you guys think? And then I learn about new conspiracies, too, which is cool. So yeah. it's it's fun. It's fun. Yeah. Sounds, sounds like it sounds like a wild ride. Yeah. 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 In the wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did. Don't forget to share it with a friend. You can connect with us on social media and let us know your thoughts on uh, social media. And uh, yeah. Thanks for listening. We love you. And we'll see you next time. Woo. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Domestic Debates. If you like this episode, please share it with a friend. If you like this podcast and want to help us keep doing it, consider becoming a patron today on Patreon. Link in the description. You can connect with us on social media. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. There, you can tell us what you thought of this week's episode, tell us what you'd like to hear us cover next, find resources and cited sources, and stay up to date on all our latest episodes. This has been Domestic Debates. Until next time.